the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast. Our best bets. That's right, playing 18 holes, making 18 bets. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour, and we're at the 122nd U.S. Open Championship here at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. It is going to be an awesome week. Benny, I know that you're just getting into town. I saw a little bit of the golf course today. It's going to be everything you want it to be and more. I am very excited about this week. Yeah, pumped. And uh, just a quick sorry to the uh, loyal listeners that I wasn't around last week. Man, a little bit of a man flu going on. Thank God it wasn't too bad. But um, pumped to be back, pumped to be on site, as you said. Um, can't wait to see the course. You're lucky you've seen it already. But I think it's going to be a massive week and another huge major championship like the one we had last, uh, just you know, about a month ago. Yeah, I felt like a major championship a little bit on Sunday in Canada as well with Roy. Yes beating Justin Thomas and Tony Finau in that final round. We'll see if we can keep that momentum going this week. All right. Like I said, 18 holes, 18 bets. Benny, you're on the tee. Start us off. Okay, man. Well, I'm going to go with, as I usually do, with one of my winning options. Uh, Winner for the U.S. Open. I'm going to throw this name out there for you. I hate these odds, by the way, that I'm getting for this guy at only plus 1,600. Mm. But first player since Bobby Jones to finish in the top 10 in their first five U.S. Opens. Second in scoring average at the U.S. Open since 1960, only behind Brooks Kepka. First in strokes gained per round at the U.S. Open since 2000. Twelfth in strokes gained approach, which <laughs> each of the last five U.S. Open champions have been very good in strokes gained approach. There's so many more things I'm going to tell you about this guy, but Xander Shoffley is who I'm alluding to, if you haven't figured that already. Xander has... More rounds than anyone, a par or better, since 2017 at the U.S. Open. The average world ranking of the winners of the U.S. Open is 14. He's 12th. Like, I just, I've got a million things that I've researched on this six-hour plane flight over today, mate. He also was one of the few guys who played in the USM there in 2013. I've got a few of those guys amongst my picks that I'll give you an insight as we go along. But for whatever reason, Xander's a pretty decent prospect at the U.S. Open. He's getting better each time. Hasn't closed the deal yet, as we know. Um, but I feel like this might be a week where he's at least going to get himself into the mix. So, as I said, one of my early uh, outrights to have a look at, have a crack to in five and ten if you want, but Xander Shoffley. I'm only laughing, and I don't mean to laugh in the middle of all that unbelievable you research should. you did on Xander, but just before we hit the record button on this podcast, Benny said, I did more research today than I've ever done for this podcast. That's saying something because it's not like he doesn't do any research. He usually does a lot of research, but on that six hour plane ride, yes, I can confirm now you have done a lot of research. I I hope you can go that deep on every player uh, there you bet on this week. All right, we'll get to the second hole and I'll start with the top five, but I will sprinkle some outright. I'll play him in DFS. I sort of across the board for me this week, a guy who loves playing golf in new England so much so that He's sort of a de facto New Englander. He comes up here during the summers and works on his game. I was a little scared off before his most recent start at the Memorial Tournament because Daniel Berger had some injuries, wasn't playing great. A top five finish at the Memorial a couple of weeks ago has me cemented in the fact that I think it's going to be a very good Daniel Berger week. I will list him here at plus 650 for a top five. But like I said, sprinkle him throughout. Love it, mate. Love it. I'm going to go with my top five then for the third hole. 
This is not going out on a limb at all. Only plus 300 for this top five. Just one yesterday, as you mentioned, Rory oh. McElroy. It's almost now given that he's going to make a run into the top five at some point in the major, right? Usually on Sunday. I'm going to stay with Rory to once again contend, potentially win. But again, it's been so long since he won one of these majors. It's hard to really, really commit all that way. His first in strokes gain total, first strokes gain tee to green, first in scoring average, third off the tee, 20th in approach, which I mentioned earlier is has been a key stat in US Opens. Uh, each of the last five US Open champions says they were sixth during that week in approach. And, you know, you should probably look at the top 20, 25 guys there this season. He's also good around the green and putting, third in driving distance, you know, obviously third in the world rankings at the moment after that big jump. And the other interesting stat I found is of the last seven US Open champions, six of them, and it would have probably been seven, except one of them was Brooks, who didn't play in the major right before they won the US Open, finished inside the top 15 in the previous majors they played. So it's actually inside the top 11. I think they're all T11 or better. Getting back to how that goes to Rory, Rory was, of course, eighth at the PGA. So he fits inside that narrative, as did my earlier pick of Xander Shoffley inside that top 15. I like that a lot. You've sold me on Rory. I wasn't sure if I thought he was a good player or not before that, but you have absolutely (laughs) sold me. All right. I guess this Rory guy is good. Okay. I'll listen to all the research. All right. I'm going to give you a little daily double. In fact, the next couple of picks, I'm giving you multiple players because look, playing 18 holes, just not enough on a U.S. Open week. We've got to play some E9 holes in there as well. So I'll give you a little twofer. I like both of these plays. Yeah. But start out with the 2013 U.S. Amateur Champion, who I get that he's getting a lot of love because he won that tournament. Really the last big event held at the country club here in Brookline. But Matt Fitzpatrick plays his best golf on tougher golf courses where the winning score is closer in relation to par. He also happens to be One of the best players on the PGA Tour this season, if you look at total strokes gained, that's essentially the barometer of who's playing the best golf. He was number one until Rory surpassed him this past weekend, but he's still a very close second. So I've got Fitzpatrick at plus 300 for a top 10. And then I'm going to go with Max Homa. Very interesting one here because Max Homa has never finished inside the top 10 at a major championship with Benny. You can almost see it written on his face. He's getting more and more confident as the weeks progress. I go back to the win at the Wells Fargo Championship last month. A tough Northeast golf course where pars were good. The weather won't nearly be as bad this week as it was then, but you've really got to plot your way around that golf course. You had to think your way, strategize your way around it. Max Homa did that better than anybody else that week. He won that event. I've got him at plus 400 for a top 10 this week. I also have Matt Fitzpatrick written down. I have him in my top 20 slot at plus 130 to 150, depending on where you have a look. Like you said, all of these scenarios sort of lend to itself to him having another crack. Talked about how the recent trend is play well the major before this one. For the guys who've won it, he was T5 at that PGA. Seven top 10s this season in the last 12 starts. You mentioned T10 last week. Eighth in sand saves, fourth in scoring, second strokes gain total. Approach, he's in that top 25, as I said. So, like, he's clearly got the game to be that guy. I was a bit a little worried about driving distance, you know, because generally the big guys have won this in the last few years. But I think he's long enough, as we've mentioned many times. And if he's accurate enough, it won't matter. So, I'll chime in on Matt Fitzpatrick as well. I'll have him as a top 20 plus 130 to 150. Benny, I get the sense that maybe, and look, it's been six straight years. Dustin Johnson in 2016, followed by Brooks Kepka twice, 
Gary Woodland, Bryson DeChambeau, and John Rahm. It looks like the arm wrestling squad of golf, uh, guys who are big, burly, athletic dudes. I think this one could be a little bit different. Just taking a couple spins around the golf course early on Monday, if anything, it felt like a little sort of comparison to Marion, where the U.S. Open was nine years ago. Justin Rose played really well that week. I will mention Justin Rose as we move on, but I'm going to get to the sixth hole. And you had your top 20 play. I've got two top 20s here. The first guy, you mentioned him already. Xander Shoffley has a sterling U.S. Open record. Would you like me to go over all those stats again? You had like 37 (laughs) different stats. I mean, there's there's 7 million more that I haven't done yet. (laughs) Uh, 16th in greens in regulation. (laughs) Oh, there you go. I will give you one stat on Xander Shoffley, and that is he has played 20 career major championships and finished top 20 on 13 occasions. He is minus 125 this week. That's a bankroll helper right there. That's just throw it on Xander. And then you can take that money and essentially count it as a win and spend it elsewhere on some bigger long shots. Like my other top 20 play. I mentioned him every single week that he plays the last time he played, he finished runner up. So I'm probably not going to jump off now, but Aaron wise coming off that second place finish at Muirfield village a few weeks ago, plus 300, three to one for a top 20. Oh, man, we're starting to do our double-ups that happen. Uh, I'm just going to keep my original order, and you'll hear me mention a handful of guys you've mentioned as we go along. But seventh hole, take me into the top 40 market. A minus 115 option, not great value, as you say. And this guy only has two top 40s in nine tries of the US Open. Does have a T4, but has missed the cut in the last three he's played. Five top 10s this season, three uh, of those in the last five starts, though. Not good in the US Open, as I said, but Hometown lads, super pumped. We'll throw the first pitch at a Red Sox game. Keegan Bradley, top 40, minus 115, I think is a good play. And I've got two others throw you in the plus money scenario yeah, here. What you got? MJ Defu, the you South African. Hitting me. KFT Tourbound, MJ Defu. In 2022, has five top tens. Four of those are top fives, including two recent thirds on the KFT. I think 350 for a top 40 is ridiculously great value for this bloke. And 250 plus 250, this guy I can tell you about is 63rd in the world rankings. He's from New Zealand. He's had five straight top 15s on the DP World Tour. Not if we don't include his T54 at the PGA. He's had two runner-ups either side of that PGA. Winner also on the DP World Tour earlier this season, Ryan Fox. New Zealand's Ryan Fox. Yeah. Um, Look, he'd probably be a greater play at the Open Championship. Ryan Fox, if he gets himself there again, I don't know if he's in there already, probably is, or he'll get there. I do think at 250 for a guy clearly in great form is great odds. That's a nice play. Okay. Benny, you are not going to believe. I mean, look, (laughs) we can mention some of the same names on here. Yeah, okay. We both had Matt Fitzpatrick. We both had Xander Shoffley. Okay, that makes some sense. All right, I'm going to lead into the eighth hole here. Some of the most impressive players on the PGA Tour this season have been rookies straight off the Corn Ferry Tour. Davis Riley, Mito Pereira, Cameron Young. Some of these guys are playing really well. So doesn't it make sense? We look back at the Corn Ferry Tour guys who are in this week. In fact, four guys inside the top seven on the points list are playing this week. Brandon Matthews, big kid at a temple, hits the ball a mile. Half the times he plays, he doesn't even put driver in the bag because he hits driver too far. That's some serious firepower. I've got him for a top 40 along with Taylor Montgomery. Had him on the radio show a few days ago. Super nice kid rooting for him. Remember last year at the U.S. Open, he made the cut. 
Got no points for it on the Corn Ferry. Finished 26th on that circuit. That's the only reason he's not on the PGA Tour right now. Eric Barnes having a great season out there. And then the last guy of those four, MJ, I think it's Duffy. I'm not sure if it's Dafu or Duffy. You might be right. It might be Duffy. It's spelled Duffy. Yeah, but I think it's Duffy, and he's a, as you said, he's a South African, American South African, whatever you want to call it. But Benny, we named yeah. MJ Duffy for the same bet. I mean, get out of each other's heads here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Again, I, we both yeah. list an MJ Duffy for a top forty this week. That's stupid. <laughs> well, three fifty, like you, you know, you work for the backup in majors, right? And that's where I you get, get your value. That's I mean, where I we get, get the look, value in these. By the way, and for the people who only listen to the major championship podcast or haven't listened to us yeah. before, first of all, welcome. Secondly, Benny and I do our research independently. Don't talk to each other about this at all. In fact, I just say, here's the link. Click it. We're on a Zoom. Here we go. Somehow we wound up with the same Corn Ferry player for a top 40 bet. That's unbelievable. All right, finish out the front nine here. Oh, yeah, front nine. I always finish with me long shots. Um, I mentioned Ryan Fox. 300 to one, you can get him if you think that he can make a move from 63rd in the world up towards the top of the leaderboard. Another man you've already mentioned, 100 to one, Aaron Wise, 16th in strokes gained approach. So that big key hasn't been great in US Opens, only one from three making the cut. But the last time he played was in 2019. He's a much different player now, much better player. 17th greens in rig, 27th scoring, four top tens this season and a runner-up finish last start at the Memorial. He's also sixth, I've noticed, scrambling from the rough obviously the rough of the u.s open is mm-hmm. tough but he clearly knows how to deal with the rough so aaron wise 100 to 1 is one of my long shots um the other one i'm sort of almost pot committed if you will because i've mentioned him so many times this year but luke list 150 to 1 yeah he's still sitting in that strokes gained approach top 23rd or so he sits there he's sixth t to green has never made the cut at the u.s open though in five starts so that worries me Hasn't played in the US Open since 2019. He's obviously outside the top 200 in putting, which hasn't helped, but hasn't been a major factor, I guess, in this major as it had been in the past. Also very good at proximity from the rough, though. T26 last start at Memorial, but that was with a 77 on Sunday. He was in the mix and then just sort of let it get away. And, you know, how these guys go. They've got bigger fish to fry later, so he just sort of let that one get away from him. So he's playing better than that T26 suggests. So just a decent long shot, which always pushed me into the turn, right? Where I have to talk about my PGA Tour Pick'em Live picks. Let's get into it. PGA Tour Pick'em Live, where you want to play some long shots this week, Benny. Yeah, it's basically free to play game. Get on there at pgatour.com and have a crack. You mirror betting. Go for the long shots in the beginning and change your picks at any point. Start with the long shot because you get to lock in the odds they are when you pick them. Clearly, if uh, you pick Darren Wise at 100 to 1, like I'm suggesting in the win column, and then he goes and shoots 65 on the first day. He ain't going to be 100 to 1 again. So get him while you can. I look at someone like Lucas Herbert in the top 10 market for this at 3,500. And Ryan Fox, who I mentioned before, top 20, 2,200. Great places to start for Pick'em Live. I like those ideas. All right, let's start the back nine here, 10th hole. I'm going to give you a little first round leader play. I feel like you know, maybe it's the golf gods wanting to you know, do a little something nice for us poor media schlubs who are sitting on a shuttle half our lives. But usually there's a nice story coming out of the first round. Usually the guy at the top of the leaderboard's like, okay, you know, you and I are also writers, not just podcasters. Okay. I can write that guy. That's a good story. There's something there. I love the story, the redemption story of a guy who made double bogey on the final hole of the most recent major championship, falling out of the lead and missing a playoff by one spot. Let's get Mito Pereira as a first-round leader play at 50-1. to 1. What do you think, Benny? 
Mitov again came up on a few of those stats that I mentioned that he should theoretically play well again this week. Um, I haven't slotted him any of my spots, but it wasn't through anything other than, you know, I ran out of space, ran out of guys to sort of push. So I like that. I think that he's a decent option there in that first round leader market. Have you got another one or you want me to go straight into my first round leaders All there? You. Nope. I'm just right, so one first round leader. Well, I'm very confident. My first round leader, but it was, I'm jumping ahead a hole again, but I'm going to go to it because we segued from you is I'm going to say it's coming from one group because the 802, I believe, Thursday morning tea time has Cameron Young, mm-hmm. Will Zalatoris, mm-hmm. and our favorite round one man, Waco Neiman. There you go. They're 50 to one each. I think well, Zalatoris might be 40 to one, but the other two are 50 to one. Young was a guy that I was going to mention earlier in the top five market only because of value. You get 900 for that. There are some reasons not to like Cameron Young as much as I thought I would this week. Really? Yeah, which I can get to. But look, Neiman, 13th off the tee, 39 approach, number one in scoring in round one, 67.87. He's had a win. He was T3 at Memorial the other week. It's like, thanks for coming. It seems to be a great value at 50 to one, right? Yeah. Young. Second off the tee in round one scoring average, 68.7. Second off the tee, as I mentioned, 20th tee to green. But he's not as good on approach as the others. And he also has missed his cut. And he's only two US Opens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. He also coming off a T60 at Memorial, but that was an 84 in the final round. So do I look at it like, eh, he just threw that one away? Or is that something I'm worried about? Because that's his last round he played is an 84 at Muleford Village. Right. And Zalatoris. First in strokes game approach, second tee to green, 10th total. This one surprised me. He's 15th in driving distance. I don't know why I didn't think he was that long, but he's because well, he weighs 112 long. pounds. <laughs> also, as I said, the this is one of those weird ones, but like the average winner since 2020 was the average spot for the world ranking mark is 14th. Um, although a lot of them have been in the top 10 in the last five years. Guess who's 14th in the world? Will Zalatoris. Uh, oh. I don't know. He's a guy that I think you can sprinkle throughout. I've thrown him in this first round leader group because I just think that those three are primed in a great tea time, yeah. Thursday morning. Get out and get amongst it. Set the lineup, set it going. And Zalatoris is also obviously a runner-up at the PGA. Yeah. And we talked about that last major into this major. Yeah, Zalatoris, big game hunter, tends to play his best golf at the big events. All right, I'm going to go yeah. to a three ball here on DraftKings. Usually... With a three ball or a matchup, I like find some value. I like going further down the board. I don't like to go just straight to the top and pick off, you know, here's one really good player against two other really good players because, quite frankly, the really good players can play really well on any given week. That said, I'm going right to the top this week, and I'm going with the guy who won on Sunday in Canada, Rory McIlroy, to beat John Rahm and Justin Thomas. Plus 160 feels like a good number there. I don't know that I necessarily want to chase Rory outright at 10 to one. He has moved into that favorite position going into the week, but plus 160. I like Thomas a lot. I like Rom still. I mean, you know, he has not been on top of his game right now, but I still feel like that's a pretty good number on Rory in that three ball. He's doing everything right right now. Second at the masters, of course, eighth at the PGA championship last month. It's starting to get it back, starting to feel like a little Rory mania once again, especially with all those fans chanting his name outside of Toronto at St. George's this past weekend. I had Rory earlier in the top five. I think Rory's going to finish exactly fit. There you go. Throwing that out there. Can I get odds on that? Exactly fit. Anyway, um, let's go to a top 10 play for me. This is a what have you done for me lately play. Clearly, it's only plus 300 for a top 10. But I just like the fact that this guy was a runner-up last week. He's had two previous US Open top 10s. 
Also inside that top 20 strokes gained approach, 15th to green, 15th in the world ranking. Tony Finau seems mm. to have awoken. All He's over. back, right? Yeah. And and Tony is the type of guy that does make a lot of top tens in majors when he's on fire. Like I don't have the win equity of win value for him. I don't necessarily think he is that great still down the stretch, you know, like in, in under the gun, under the pressure. People make fun of me when I say that, but I'm like, well, Cameron Smith handed him his last win. They had a playoff and Smitty blew it off the map at Liberty National and mm. Tony didn't have to do anything except make an easy pass. So until Tony shows me that he can take someone down on his own and that 72nd hole or whatever it is, I'll still stick with him inside the top 10 rather than win. Top five, Tony is back. Yeah. After his win that you just referenced there, the Northern Trust last year, he went 16 starts without a top five. He's got three in his last five starts now. He's getting yeah. there, and this could be a really good event for him. Good hands around the greens. I, I like Tony a lot this week. All right, 14th hole. Benny, I don't know if you noticed, and I, I know you can't really talk about it because you work for the BJ Tour, but <laughs> things are getting a little weird in golf right now. Yes, a little. Just a little weird. Things are strange. So you know what? Let's get weird right along with them. I don't even mm-hmm. know if this exotic parlay makes any sense whatsoever from a mathematical standpoint, but I saw it. I said, you know what? Things are just weird enough in golf right now that this, this could play. And so I've got on DraftKings there to be a hole in one and a playoff this week at plus 600. Again, you might need someone better to do some math on this to figure this one out, but hole in one, it'll happen at some point. I think maybe, I don't know. Playoff. Yeah, sure. Why not? Could be fun. Benny, you, you look amazed. Literally, my wild card, like, you know, I always need that one more thing. It's usually sure. a matchup or something else. Yep. I call it my wild card. This is plus 300. There will be a playoff. If you want to go deeper, plus 1100, it'll be a three-man playoff. And let me Ooh. tell you why, though. I actually have reasons for this. Okay. It's been 13 years since we've had a playoff in the US Open, the longest ever by a long way in the US Open's history. It's gone this far between the playoffs. So in other words, it's due, right? Awful words in betting, but I'm still going to use them. Each of the last six U.S. Opens in the state of Massachusetts have ended in a playoff, including Whoa. all three at Brookline. There's been three previous U.S. Opens at the Country Club. All three ended in a playoff. The famous movie about Francis we met, mm-hmm. greatest game ever played, 1930, won a playoff over Ted Ray and Harry Barton. In 63, it was Julius Boris in a three-man playoff against Jackie Cupid and Arnold Palmer. And then a two-man playoff in 1998 when Curtis Strange beat Nick Faldo. So every time it's been here at the US Open, there has been a playoff. So, hey, if we're going to break the streak, as I said, of the 13 years since Tiger's playoff, but Tiger and Rocco at 08 and Tory, why don't we just go down the plus round or if you want to get crazy, exactly three player playoff, 1100. I'm looking for like a 12-player playoff. Kind of <laughs> you got on that. Well, so it was 2200, <laughs> I think, on four or more. So, like, right. if you want to sprinkle it around, like I said, sign me up. The I mean, playoff is due, apparently. And again, I would never usually go into these sort of weird ones, but it just, when that all married up together, I was like, why not? All right. 16th hole. I'll give you a, a little bit of a long shot outright play here, but it's not as much of a long shot as it was probably, oh, 48 hours ago. My favorite play on the board last week for the RBC Canadian Open. He could have shot a 57 on Sunday. It was sort of a disappointing 60. I don't know. It was just weird. Like Justin Rose went absolutely bonkers 
60 with three bogeys. I've never <laughs> seen that before, at least not at the professional level. I mentioned earlier in the pod, Benny, just kind of taking a little trip around the country club. To me, if I'm looking for a comparative golf course, I'm going with Marion. I get it. Justin Rose was way more in his prime nine years ago than he is right now, but he still has the talent to go win a golf tournament like this at 6,500 plus 6,500. I like Justin Rose sprinkling a little bit of an outright play for this week. All right. My last play 17th hole. I'm going to throw my last two winners because remember a hole ago, I said it's going to be a three man playoff. Yeah. That's what's happening this week. So between Xander, so I play my first hole pick Mm -hmm. and these two gentlemen, is going to be your three-man playoff this week. Starting near the top of the board, I've got John Rahm, plus 1,200. Okay. Defending champ, T3 in 2019. His first on-tour strokes going off the tee and 22nd in approach. Fifth in driving distance. First in greens and regulation. You know, up there in everything. Second in the world rankings. Winner in Mexico and T10 at Memorial, where he was heavily favoured and I thought he would do better. But at the same time, I feel like he's almost taken a little bit of pressure off himself with that result mm-hmm. coming into this week. And the third of the trio that will be in the playoff, I finally get to use an Aussie, mate. Cameron Smith. I knew that. Third in 2,200. I'd love to see him around the 30 mark, to be honest, or more because of the way sort of drifted a little bit the last few weeks. But again, third straight scan approach. Had literally, I think it was 11 or more lip outs at the PGA and still contended very heavily throughout that tournament. He's second between 50 and 125 yards and fifth between 150 and 175 yards, which I feel like there'll be plenty of shots from those distances this week. 11th in putting, fifth in one putts. Obviously, you need to get up and down a lot when you're in a US Open. Eighth in three putt avoidance, fourth in stroke scan total, number one in birdies, third in scoring. The one caveat for those who are worried about my bias, and so I'm throwing this out there in the spirit of openness. So I only had one decent result in the US Open, and it was on debut at Chambers Bay, T4 2015. It's his only top 25. His T38 in 2020 is the best since then. But as I said about a few other guys, this is a different Cameron Smith. This is the guy that won the Century Tournament Champions, taken down Ram head to head on the weekend, and the guy who won the players this year. And what I was really excited to see last week, he opened with. 76 after baiting on the weekend at Memorial, which was a bit of an annoyance because I flew out there to see him try to win that thing. <laughs> and then had that opening around 76. I thought, uh oh, this is mid year Cameron Smith. But he rebounded with a second around 65 and pushed his way through that tournament. He could have easily given up. He showed that he's not ready to give up. Yeah. His Queenslanders won the state of origin, which I know doesn't mean much to anyone else nah, listening here huge. except any Aussies. Huge. I had them big. Huge, big, big win. Upset win for his Queenslanders. He's in a great mood. There's my three guys. Smith, Ram, Xander, over and out for me. My favorite outright on the board this week is a guy who's been playing the best golf of his life during this year. He's played 12 events, has not finished worse than 35th in any of them. He was third at the Masters. Guy's oh. a very good ball striker. He has I great hands around the greens. He's a very him? good putter. Somehow you didn't mention him. I thought you might. Ah. But yeah. an Irishman yes. in the Boston area this week, <laughs> Shane Lowry is due for a win. He's been knocking on the door the entire year. I've often thought, I look, take nothing away from me. Won the Open Championship at Royal Portrush a few years ago. I actually think he might be a better U.S. Open player than Open Championship player. He was runner-up to Dustin Johnson at Oakmont back in 2016. I think it's his time, and I love the number. There's a bunch of guys at that 30 to 1, 35, 40 to 1 number in there that I think are decent plays. Shane Lowry is my favorite 
of all of them. I just realized, you know, we've, of course, we've got two names for multiple spots. He was supposed to go in the top 10 with Tony Finau for me. Sure, sure. Money, 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 money for Jim. Like, as I said, I don't think he's going to win. I've got my three guys. Yep. But I'd be shocked if he wasn't up there pushing those guys. He's actually made for a US Open, strangely enough. And he really is. would not be a surprise at all if he did win this thing. No, no, he can absolutely win this. He could be a two-time major champion by the end of this week. So I hope it'll happen. We'll see. What happens this week? Can't wait for the 122nd U.S. Open Championship to get underway. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to the Links and Locks podcast, the Best Bets edition. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, rate, subscribe, and yes, listen to us every single week. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your U.S. Open bets this week. Here's hoping you hit the green. <laughs>